Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. Some of you don't know it's morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> I tell you, it's a blessing to be back with you here at Charity. I love your, Kathy and I love your pastor and his wife and their friendship. And counted a real blessing to be here once again. And then as well, I have enjoyed the benefits and the blessings of charity on several occasions in the last year back in the prophet's quarters. And uh, I don't take that lightly. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Thank you for making that available. I mean, I guess for others, but I'm speaking for myself. Thank you for fixing it up just for me. It's always a joy to be with your pastor, and uh, you recall that he and Miss Amanda were in England with Kathy and myself, and Brother Barnett and his wife. They're still talking about us in England. (laughs) And uh, your pastor's enjoyed telling about my driving over there. It got back to me now. Especially in one moment, you know, you're supposed to go, they got all those roundabouts. And then you come up to a place where there is no roundabout. Well, I just hauled off and took a left. And I was, here comes all the traffic at me. And uh, I saw exactly what I was going to do. I'm going to tell you it got thick in that in that van. <laughs> my wife, she, she she's very concerned about my driving. Stop! 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 At any rate, I crossed over. I saw I saw an opening and I headed towards it. But it's good uh, to be with them. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with Brother Tim. He's been traveling with me now, I'm not sure, two months. Well, maybe a little more. And uh, the Lord worked all that out. Miraculously, Brother Dukes felt like he needed to get off the road. And Brother Stacy Lang called me. And I called Brother Bunton at Brother Stacy's uh, recommendation. We'd never met. Uh, and he loves, I'll just tell this for him. I, I wanted to ask him a bunch of questions. I mean, I didn't want somebody traveling with me that was in a whole different gear than I was. He says that I didn't ask him if he was saved. I didn't ask him if he was called to preach. My first question was, do you snore? (laughs) Well, that is important. At any rate, he's a real blessing. As you heard in Sunday school, he's a real blessing. He loves God and loves the Word. He feels like God wants him to do some evangelistic work. 
I hope that traveling with me does not discourage you. At any rate, it's a joy to be with you. I want you to be turning with me, please, this morning to 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5. I'm sure all of us enjoyed standing on the promises. We've enjoyed our brother messing up there on one of those verses. The reason I know is he saw some of y'all laughing at it. And, uh, but he had no idea that I've been living on the promises of God now for weeks. And standing on them and experiencing them and preaching some of them. And so I really enjoyed that. Maybe a little bit too much. And where's the sister saying she's already left us? Listen, you have a beautiful voice. A beautiful voice. I mean, I hear everybody. But I hadn't heard you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. In fact, is that on video? I'm going to play it to Kathy. She'll love it more than me. And I thank you for it. I'm grateful for how the Lord uses people. He can get, he can get along without any of us. But I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve him, aren't you? God bless your hearts. I'm trying to record all my sermons. I probably You've probably heard me tell this before. But I'm on a couple of Wi-Fi stations. And you can listen to me on the podcast any time of the day. But uh, another reason I record my sermons is every now and then I want to hear some good preaching. You know I'm cutting up. Y'all too easy to get along with. I'm going to read one verse this morning. I will refer to those verses that are previous. But I'm going to read one verse of scripture. I'm reading 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And then he breaks out in... Praise to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to draw from Noah's flood, or the flood that God sent in Noah's day briefly. You remember, after the storm, God put a rainbow in the sky. And... uh, The rainbow had a promise in it. 
God said, when I see it, when you see it, you're going to realize that I'm not going to destroy the earth again with water. My little thought is, the rainbow had a promise in it. I want to reverse that in our text. I've read the promise, and I want to refer to this promise as a promise with a rainbow in it. There's a measure of comfort, a measure of encouragement with this promise. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to magnify those comforting thoughts. Now, the truth still is that after the storms of life, God hangs a rainbow in our trials. And here is a promise that reminds us of that. Now, with the Lord's help, I'd like to underline three truths. I want to begin by mentioning the phrase in the middle of the verse, after that ye have suffered a while. I would mention firstly, the determined afflictions that are associated with this promise. After that you have suffered a while. Secondly, I want to call your attention to the first phrase, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. I would mention secondly, the divine attributes that are associated with this promise. Grace and glory. And then lastly, I would read the last phrases, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you, I'm going to call this the designed after effects associated with the promise. And with those three emphases, I'd like to magnify this promise that has a rainbow in it. Now, let's begin with what I'm calling the determined afflictions associated with the promise. The fact is that there will be times of difficulty in the Christian life. I could use a lot of different words. Uh, there, there are all kinds of sufferings, all kinds of conflicts, all kinds of negatives. I am aware that some people thought the Christian life was going to be glory, hallelujah, all the way to heaven. But I well remember after I had been on the clouds for two months when I got my life straightened out with the Lord. When it reversed and the clouds got on me. I didn't know how to handle it at first. And there's still a few times I haven't known how to handle it. However, we're told here that we will suffer. Notice, first of all, we understand more about this matter through the meaning of the term. The word suffer has to do with pain, vexation. It's the same word 
that Jesus used to describe his suffering, his rejection, his crucifixion, and what would happen in Jerusalem. That's found in Mark 8.31. And so we learn a little bit more about this matter of the afflictions that come to us through the definition or the meaning of the term. I confess that the Christian life has brought my way some pain and has brought some vexation of spirit and soul. And I'm sure that many of you have gone through dark hours and difficult times. Then I would underline not only do we understand more about these determined afflictions, sorrows, Sufferings, not only by the meaning of the term, suffered, meaning pain or vexation. But we understand more about the determined afflictions, our sufferings, through the measurement of the time of the sufferings. He said that you would just suffer a while. Now, the enemy has told me on several occasions, you're never going to get out of this mess. You'll never rise above this trouble. You'll never come out of this suffering. But I agree with Jesus. He's a liar and the father of lies. And the idea here, a little while, a small while, a short while, A brief while. Job went through agony physically, mentally, maritally from his friends and, of course, from the devil. However, the last chapter of the book of Job says, chapter 42, verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. It didn't last forever. Our little while may be longer in our mind than in God's little while. But I want to tell you, our trials do not last forever. And these afflictions that God has determined to bring our way are understood better by looking at the terms suffered. We all have pain in various ways. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's mental anguish. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it may just be relational with other people. But we have pain and we have conflict. But it's just for a little while. Boy, I think I've enjoyed that a whole lot in the last few days. A little while. A little while. I say, yeah, but you don't know what I've been going through. No, but it'll just be a little while. The Lord will not leave it with you forever. So I magnify this matter. Firstly, the determined afflictions associated with the promise. Now, that doesn't make up the promise when he talks about our suffering a while, but it sets the stage for it. The afflictions 
that are associated with the promise. Then I would underline secondly, the divine attributes that are associated with the promise. Come back to the beginning of the text. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Now, we could say a lot about the call of God. Salvation is more than a decision, isn't it? It's a summons from heaven. It's a call from God. And in that call, he quickens and regenerates and makes us alive towards himself. We were dead in trespasses and in sins, but now we've been made alive in Christ Jesus. Then I would underline that we could say something about the word eternal. His glory is referred to as eternal glory. But I'd like to get to the two primary attributes here. We're called by the God of all grace. Grace is the first emphasis. I would say that it is the attribute that we know a lot about now as forgiven, forgiven sinners, as redeemed souls. We know that we have received the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I have used every definition that I can find for grace. Perhaps the most common one is unmerited favor. And then, of course, I have used an acrostic, God's riches at Christ's expense. And then a dear man who was out of my home church and helped me, especially in my young years of preaching, Brother George Thompson, now with the Lord. Brother George defined grace as the Stooping down of God to men. I've never heard anybody else use that. Then I was preaching in Genesis chapter 3 and I got my own definition. It came when Adam and Eve were hiding amongst the trees of the garden. The Lord came walking through the, in the cool of the day through the garden. And he approached them and he said, Adam, where art thou? While I was preaching from that text, God gave me my own definition for grace. Grace is any movement that God makes towards man. As a result of that, I've got my own definition for faith. Grace is any movement that God makes towards us. Faith being aroused by grace is any movement that we make towards Him. And so here, we're reminded of, of grace. God coming and calling unto us. I stand amazed that He even looked in my direction. But He not only looked in my direction, glory be to God, He spoke to my heart. He called me. 
by His grace. And you'll notice the phrase, He's the God of all grace. I don't know what kind of grace you may need this morning, but He happens to be the originator of it. He's the God of all saving grace. He's the God of all sanctified grace. He's the God of all comforting grace. He's the God of all sustaining grace. He's the God of all grace. So we have this present attribute involving the favor of God. Grace, grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Then of course there's a second attribute. Glory. Now, I have done some writing on the attributes of God. I hope in the future I can get it in print along with my other materials back here. But, boy, when I came to the glory, the attribute of God's glory, it seems to me like it's just the sum of all of His attributes. Uh, His glory involves His holiness, His love, His goodness, His grace, all of his attributes feed the glory of his character. We might refer to the brightness of God, the excellence of God, the dignity of God, the splendor of God. I like the word majesty, the majesty of God, the magnificence of God. And we, by His grace, have been called to partake of all of that and more. Not only in time, but in eternity. His eternal glory. And it's all because of His Son. By Christ Jesus. Oh, brother, you take the Christian life in this world and in the world to come... I want to tell you it all rallies around the Lord Jesus. He's the centerpiece of worship. He's the centerpiece of worship here. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, he said. Gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. He's the centerpiece of worship on earth. He's the centerpiece of worship in heaven. John said, I saw a lamb. As having been slain, standing in the midst of the throne. And before that he said, I saw him standing in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. The churches. I tell you, he's the centerpiece of worship. Everything revolves around him. Everything rotates around him. Everything gathers around him. That's why we're here this morning. To rally around Christ. To rally around the Lord Jesus. And so we've looked at the, the determined afflictions associated with the promise. Suffered is the word indicating pain, sorrow, vexation. And then we've now looked at the divine attributes associated with the promise. There's not only the present attribute, 
that is that involves favor, but there is the prospective attribute that involves the future and the fullness of God. I, I sometimes have described God's glory that we experience on occasions like Moses did on the mountain. The exceeding greatness of God's presence. It's just so magnificent and wonderful that it exceeds everything else. Ask, ask Peter, James, and John. They'll tell you that uh, they saw his glory on the mountain. And so I underline these two truths, the, the determined afflictions associated with the promise. There will be suffering for a little while. And then the divine attributes associated with the promise. Of course, I think we could say that there's many more attributes involved in the promise that we have here about becoming complete, established, and settled, and strengthened. However, in the text, it's primarily the grace, the God of all grace, and the eternal glory to which he's called us by Christ Jesus. Well, I feel like I've probably preached more than I can handle now. But I, I would like to get to the promise. You've been very patient. I think some of you are looking for a rainbow out of this sermon. At any rate, I want to mention thirdly and lastly this morning, and in perhaps more detail, underline it a little more, not only the determined afflictions, we will suffer just for a little while, however, briefly. And uh, in a small way, in a short span. And the divine attributes, oh brother, we do not have to go through suffering times of difficulty apart from grace and the hope of eternal glory. Let me mention thirdly and lastly this morning, the designed after effects associated with the promise. Now let's read the text. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, look out now, here's the rainbow, make you perfect or complete, establish, strengthen, Settle you. Now, before I underline these after effects, the product of the suffering, it fascinates me that in the verses just previous to our text, you get all the bad. You get all of the darkness. You get all of the difficulties. He's talking about the devil, verse 8, who is like a roaring lion. Walking about seeking whom he may devour. Then he said, resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Everybody's going through it. I know know sometimes we get out our little fiddle and we sing. 
Nobody knows the sorrow I feel. But we all go through it. We all have difficulty. In fact, Job, Job tells us that all of us partake of this. He said, man that is born of woman, is, his days are short. How's the phrase go? And then he said, not only that, but he said they're full of trouble. Now you may have some things that I don't have, or I may have some things that you don't have. But we've all got troubles. <laughs> we've all got difficulties. And the devil, he's doing his best to stir up even more. But glory be to God. God's going to use the trouble. God's going to use the suffering. God's going to use the sorrow to develop us. In fact, let's look at these after effects. I'm going to use the word perfect as one emphasis. The word suggests that he's going to complete us. Or he's going to prepare us more for the glory that's to come. Uh, somebody said, well, I'll tell you, I haven't made much progress. Well, join the crowd. None of us have, uh, have anything to write home about. We've come short of his glory. We've come short of our own expectations. And I've had some people tell me I've come short of their expectations. But I want to tell you, God is at work. God is at work, and he's conforming us to the image of his son. Somebody said, well, I don't believe I've, that he's doing much for me. Yeah, but it's just for a, a little while you're going through what you're going through. He's, he's, wor he's still working on me, the song says. And so, one of the great after effects that God has designed through our suffering is portrayed here in the word perfect, meaning complete. He's completing us. <laughs> He's fixing us. He's preparing us. Oh boy. Now some people have no concept of that phase of the Christian life. I know playing ball all my life. In fact, you forgive me. Even since I've been in evangelism in years gone by, somebody would want to play ball after church in somebody's gym, and here I'd go. And I, after I turned 40, one morning I woke up, and I felt like I needed a winch to get me out of bed. And I hung up my shoes. But uh, I was even accused of having my own team because I Play so much ball with people. And baseball, Lord have mercy. I know they make too much money, but I still love to see that curveball come across the outside corner. And uh, it's in me. I can't hit it. My uncles put it in me. They were great ball players. One of my uncles played briefly for the Cincinnati Reds. He got so homesick, he told them he was through. And uh, another one of my uncles was a great pitcher. He could pitch as well left-handed as he could right-handed. And he'd pitch to one batter one way and turn around and pitch to the next batter the other way. And he had, the Baltimore Orioles uh, tried to get him to sign. I, I'm just saying, I, I grew up in that. 
And uh, I've got it in me. But I'm going to tell you, you don't become a ball player without getting out there and working at it. And here he reminds us that we'll not be conformed into the image of Christ in that hour of eternal glory apart from his working on us. He's going to complete us. He's going to make a real Christian out of us. He's going to make us like his son. Woo, buddy. I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be like Christ. How blessed, how wonderful. And then there's three other words here. Establish, strengthen, settle. And I'm going to use all three of those together. They really all three sort of come together and tell us that the after effects of God's grace and His glory pulling on us from another world and us suffering for a little while. It's not only God's purpose to complete us, to perfect us, to prepare us for another world, conforming us to Christ, but it's His design to confirm us. The word establish indicates to set fast. You know they got that quick concrete now. It sets fast. And the Lord's working on us to confirm us. To set us fast. The word indicates however to hold something that will hold fast. And then we not only have the word Establish, which indicates to set fast or to fix, to confirm. But we have the word strengthen. He's not only setting us up, but he's strengthening us up. The word indicates to be made strong. In fact, the word is kindred to our word vigor, vigor. We use the phrase here in the South, vim and vitality. I want to tell you, the Lord is putting strength in us that we don't even know. We're not even aware of. Somebody said, I'm about the weakest Christian here. Well, I doubt it. Some of us feel like we are. But I want to tell you, God is strengthening us from the inside out. And I find myself facing things at this point in life that I could not have faced 30 years ago. I could not have handled it. But he's strengthening me. He's putting some vigor in me. He's making me strong. Somebody said, well, that's our job, to make ourselves strong. Well, I tell you, if that's my job, there's no hope for me. But it's his strength that is made perfect in our weakness. He's establishing us, confirming us. He's strengthening us, confirming us. And then may I say the last phrase, the last word is to settle, to settle you. The idea is to ground us. You remember Paul used that term, to be grounded in Christ's love. 
And then another text talks about being grounded in the faith. That's the idea. He's going to settle us. He's going to ground us. Now, uh, my wife has told me ever since we've been married, she wants some chickens. I didn't want any chickens. My grandma had chickens. And because my grandma had chickens, we had chickens. Everybody right around there had chickens. And uh, I didn't want chickens. Kathy said, Tom, I was raised up having chickens. And I'd like to have just a few. Then she heard that at uh, Tractor Supply that the biddies, the little ones, were in. She calls me Tom's. I reckon that's short for Thomas. T-H-O-M-S. I bet you never have met another Tom's. <laughs> At any rate, Cash said, Tom's, you are going with me to track the supply to look at those little ones, aren't you? I said, now, Kathy, you know if I go with you, I'm going to shell out money. We're going to buy... We're going to buy little chickens. We don't have a thing. We don't have anything to put them in. We don't have a light to incubate them. We, 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 don't, we don't have. Kathy, let's just forget it. Well, we'll just go look at them, Tom. Well, she thought. She thought even the ducks. Has anybody ever seen a pretty little duck? She even thought the ducks were cute. She said, Tom, they're just beautiful, aren't they? I said, they are to you, Kathy, but I'm thinking about them messing all over the porch <laughs> and tearing up our flowers. She said, oh, Tom, I'll take care of them. I, I'll, I'll be their mother. And then she heard Richard Kleiner say he was a, a shepherd to his chickens. Now that's all she talks about. I'm their shepherd, Tom. I'm their shepherd. Well... I bought, I bought eight little ones. We think a hawk got two of them because there were no feathers. So it was down to six. Just a few weeks ago, a raccoon got, got in the pen somehow while, before they went up into the coop and pinned the prettiest one up in the corner and snapped its head off or cut its head off and then left left his body out there laying. And so then we got down to five. And one, one of the five had its throat slit. And it was in shock. And Kathy said, we'll try to nurse it back. I said, Kathy, that chicken's going to die. We might as well just go ahead and get rid of it, get it out of its misery. Tom's, it's one of my favorites. I said, they're all your favorites. Well, by this time I was working on a pen for them. And you understand you can't just throw a two before in the air and wrap a fence around it. It's got to be grounded, buddy. It's got to have something to be nailed to or it's got to have some concrete around it. You've got to have it grounded if you're going to put a fence around it. Well, wasn't that a blessing that I ended up getting to do that? Hadn't. Uh, at any rate, she nursed that chicken back to health. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. And it's sort of grown back together now. 
and all the other chickens will pick at it because it's different. So she put some blue stuff on it to try to keep them from picking on it. And I, she said, Tom, she's a real woman. I said, she's a real chicken cat. She's a real chicken. At any rate, now she's, that chicken's wanting to live in the house with us. She's got so small, she follows Kathy around like a cat or something. Now here's what I wanted to say. I had to get those two fours grounded before I could have a fence, before they could have a home and a run. Listen, brother, God's out to ground us. He's grounding us for the future, not only here in our days, but in the eternal world. Hallelujah. He's, he's working on us. Now, I found this little word about suffering. Oh, William J., who always had some special words in his commentaries, he said about suffering. Are you ready? I'm going to talk to somebody here now. I have known persons who suffered more than the martyrs. I thought, good. Now, what's he going to talk about? He said, I have known persons who suffered more than the martyrs. He said, the martyrs' sufferings have soon ended. But our sufferings last a little while. They go on a little while. Then it's a change and we're experiencing grace. But he said, then it comes back in another form from week to week, from year to year. From level to level. Our sufferings never end. Yes, they just last a little while. But God keeps using sorrows and heartache and difficulties to further advance us. <laughs> I woke up this morning with that old song on my mind. I'll not sing it. But we used to sing it. I'm going that way. I'm going that way. I believe we will sing it. And Jesus, the Savior I adore, is with me each day. I'm clinging to Him and never to stray. And praising His soul-redeeming love, I'm going that way. <laughs> Brother, He's working on us. It's a promise that's got a rainbow in it. May the Spirit of God take these scattered thoughts and help us to join Simon Peter after this verse and say, To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And from whom all difficulties flow. He's working on us. He's helping us. He's feathering us. He's advancing us. He's progressing us. He's maturing us. The God of all grace has called us under the eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And after that you've suffered a while, He will make you perfect or complete. Establish, strengthen, 
and settle you. Hallelujah. You've been so kind. Would you stand with me, please? Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed.